In 208 BC, battle was in the air. The ruling Qin dynasty were being threatened by rebel states, and an enemy warlord called Xiang Liang was killed in battle. But what the Qin didn't see coming was his nephew, Xiang Yu. He would return with a determination so strong that he'd break the cauldrons and sink the boats before the battle. A statement of his intent. It was victory or nothing for Xiang. I'm Adam, and this is Culture Bites, a little bite into the apple of Chinese culture. Chinese history is full of noble leaders and courageous acts of valour. Emperors and warlords have come and gone, all trying to fight their way to the seat of power. But in the imperial era, the Qin dynasty was the first. It didn't last long, but the name Qin is where we get the English name for this land, China. So the Qin were clearly influential. It began in 221 BC under Qin Shi Huang. Qin Shi Huang was originally called Ying Zheng, at a time when China was made up of a number of small warring states. He became ruler of the Qin state in 247 BC, aged just 13, and went on to declare himself an emperor instead of a king. Shi Huang actually means beginning emperor, which is a great bit of marketing if you want to go down in history as the first emperor. The Xiang family were from the Chu state, an area which got taken over by the Qin. One day, Qin Shi Huang was passing through the Xiang's hometown, and the young Xiang Yu said, I can replace him. His uncle Xiang Liang was shocked at the boy's dangerous words, but kind of proud too. His true wish was to overthrow the Qin dynasty and restore the Chu state. In 210 BC, Qin Shi Huang died. He was so scared of death that he had built the terracotta army, 8,000 unique soldiers and hundreds of horses to protect him in the afterlife. It would be preferable, however, to avoid dying altogether so the emperor asked doctors to find him a medicine to keep him alive. They told him to eat mercury, and it killed him. Yes, that was pretty ironic. After that, the days were numbered for the Qin dynasty. Xiang Liang came close, but not close enough. His nephew, Xiang Yu, went one step further. Three years after the emperor's death, the battle was on in a place called Julu, in what is now Hebei. Xiang Yu was the commander of one army fighting the Qin. Another army was headed by Song Yi. Xiang wanted to fight and avenge his uncle, but Song Yi forbid it. He wanted to wait. So Xiang simply killed Song and took matters into his own hands. Yes, Xiang Yu wasn't just courageous, he was also bloodthirsty. He sent two small armies forward into Julu, but after a while they were struggling and starving. It was at that point that Xiang Yu himself joined the fight with his army, telling the men to destroy the cauldrons and sink the boats. Po Fu Chen Zhou. The message was clear. There will be no option for rest or retreat. The only way we leave this place alive is as the victors. It's now an idiom, but used when? For what situation? 
Culture Bites investigates. Pufu Chenzhou means break my pan and sink my boat, then go to war, win it or die trying. It's a metaphor used to express one's strong determination on doing something. Pufu Chenzhou is an expression for doing something risky and not sure about the results. Pufu Chenzhou means when somebody wants to do something, he makes the biggest efforts. Just like there were no retreat. I think leaders usually use the word "pufu chenzhou" in a pep talk. It's more common in speeches, like "There's no going back. We've burned our bridges, and let's do this together." Pufu chenzhou is not a rational thing to do. If you win this war, you might as well need your pen and boat. But when a human being gets really determined on something, he or she becomes an irrational person. You spend all your money, or you paid a lot to do something that you are not sure if it will pay back the same. The key is cutting off our retreat by our own hands. So, Pufu Chenzhou expresses determination, even if it's irrational. Win or lose, and nothing in between. Sadly for the Qin armies, Xiang's determination paid off, and he won the battle. Two hundred thousand Qin soldiers surrendered to Xiang at Julu. Sadly for them, Xiang was ruthless in victory, and had them all buried alive—a clear war crime. But alas, there was no international criminal court back in 207 BC. He defeated the Qin army, and the struggling Qin dynasty was overthrown. But Xiang's dream of bringing back the Chu state would never happen. The empire was split into eighteen states. And an old rivalry with another rebel leader called Liu Bang turned ugly. In 202 BC, Xiang and his army were surrounded by Liu's Han army. The game was up. Depressed and drinking away the pain. Xiang and his consort sang songs. Her one went something like this: "Han bing yi lue di, si mian chu ge shen. Dai wang yi qi jing, jian qie he liao shen." Which translates as, "The Han army has conquered our land, surrounded with the singing of Chu." My lord's spirits are low. Why then should I live? After that, she took his sword and killed herself. But the final hours of Xiang's life are a story of a man who is simply too heroic to die. Xiang keeps fighting, killing enemy soldiers in their hundreds as his army is slowly killed off, and only he remains. But history was against him, defeated and humiliated. He slit his own throat, and that was that. In the same year, 202 BC, the Han Dynasty began with Liu Bang as the new emperor. Only he called himself Gao Zhu. Pufu Chenzhou is a metaphor to express your determination, but don't learn too much from Xiang Yu's habits. After all, for all that strength and resolve, the guy was dead at about 30, and because Xiang lost the fight. We don't call all those Chinese people Chu Chinese. We call them Han Chinese, named after Liu Bang's Han Dynasty. 
and they make up the largest ethnic group in the world. It's not a bad legacy to leave. Culture Bites was written and made by me, Adam Hutchings. Thanks to the various Chinese friends who helped me understand this phrase, and especially to Jia Xing, who read Consort Yu's haunting last words. Pufu Chenzhou is a Chinese phrase, meaning the point of no return. And in English, we have a very similar idiom rooted in ancient history. Listen to the next episode to find out what it is. And you can find more episodes on my WeChat page. Just search for Culture Bites.